It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, as always, with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, you know, the age-old expression says necessity is the mother of invention. That was the case in April when schools and many childcare programs closed due to COVID-19 and families moved to online learning for their children. And Commissioner here at DECAL, we introduced Georgia's Pre-K at Home for four and five-year-olds and Toddler Time at Home for children 12 to 36 months old. We sure did. Uh, We knew there was a need for many families who were at home uh, during the COVID-19 public health emergency, and we wanted those little brains to keep developing. And so our amazing staff at DECAL was able to work really quickly and develop some online resources for um, parents and caregivers uh, for their young children as they stay at home these days. That's right. And if you're hearing about this for the first time, it is still up and running and we plan to keep it up there for a while. So joining us to talk about toddler time at home is Bridget Radichak, Child and Family Development Supervisor here at DECAL, along with Tiffany Grendel, one of our infant toddler specialists, and two parents right there in the toddler time demographic, Dr. Dana Rickman, Mom to three-year-old twins, Alexandra and Riley. You know Dana from the Georgia Partnership for Excellence in Education. And our own Randy Hudgens, dad to eight-month-old Everett, and also director of research in our Quality Innovations and Partnership Division. Folks, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, Bridget, remind us about your role here at DECAL, how long you've been here, and what you were doing before that. Um, So I'm the Child and Family Development Supervisor, and I work in the Practice and Support Services Unit of DECAL. Uh, It'll be three years, uh, just in a couple weeks, on June 1st, that I've been with DECAL. And prior to coming here, I worked in early intervention for about 17 years, and then I taught at UGA in the Birth to Kindergarten program. Wow. Solid background. How do you like DECAL so far? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's such a wonderful, positive group of people, and I feel like we're doing amazing work here. And Tiffany, this is your first time with us, so you get to explain how long you've been at DECAL and what you were doing before joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So I've been with DECAL going on three years in August, and prior to working with DECAL, I was with um, Ninth District Opportunity for 12 years. I started out as teacher, moved into a curriculum director position in Hall County. Then I moved into a center director role of the Head Start and Pre-K program in Lumpkin County. And again, another uh, great uh, background and experience. How do you like working in this role? I truly enjoy it. Working with infants and toddlers and then working with these programs with these teachers is an amazing experience. Excellent. So Bridget, let's uh, let's start with you. Take us back to last month when your team discovered a need for toddler time at home. Tell us what your thoughts were at this point and how it all got started. Well, um, I got a phone call right after things started closing down from my supervisor, Jenny Kuchar. Um, she said that pre-K was going to start doing a daily activity project for families of pre-K children and that they wanted us to do one for families of toddlers, too. And I was really excited about that because um, sometimes infants and toddlers kind of get you know, don't always get thought about in that manner. And so we assembled a team and we got to work. 
Uh, Tiffany, some families may say 12 to 36 months is just too early to be worried about education and curriculum and and those sorts of things. Why is it uh, important in these early years? You know, Reg, that's a really common question for our unit. So our infant and toddler specialists work a lot with brain development. And the, the infants and toddlers brains are developing so rapidly at these ages. And it's vital that we tap into that full potential during those first three years of life. So if you've been at home with a toddler like myself, you know that they're curious and they're motivated and they learn through those everyday experiences. So we want to tap into that active play, but also give them that routine and structure. So we provide them developmentally appropriate activities that will give their brains and building blocks for all their future learning. And by the way, we want people to understand and appreciate. Tell us about your family. Okay, so my family, I have a dynamic of toddlers to teenagers. I have a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 3-year-old. So you're speaking from experience here. Yes, truly. <laughs> it has it has been very interesting during this time with those dynamics. Absolutely. I can only imagine. Um, Tiffany and Bridget, this one's for both of you. So I know you've been very involved in developing uh, toddler time. How do you decide what activities to include each week in toddler time at home? And when are those new activities posted? Uh, Well, we have a team of four very skilled infant toddler specialists, along with our child and family development training specialist. Um, And when we started out, we brainstormed some operating principles for toddler time at home that we felt like were really important to kind of help guide our work. Um, So we, um, all of our activities are using materials people will typically have in their home. Uh, Activities are child-directed as possible and independent for the child as possible, although we know that it is toddlers and they do still need help with some things. Um, We only use screen time with our adventures online and sometimes for story time, but the majority of our activities that we provide are not involving screens. Um, We minimize the use of food or we give alternatives Um, in case families are facing food insecurity. We want to make sure that we have alternatives and ways for them to use to do the activities without using food. And then we always give alternatives and leave our instructions as general as possible. And these are posted every week. Uh, How does that work? So, yes, they are. They're posted each week and we have a different toddler friendly theme each week. Uh, We break it into five different categories. We have on the move, which has activities that encourage large and small uh, motor skills. And then adventures online, where we find age appropriate online related for each weekly theme. And then story time, that's the area that I plan, uh, where we find both read alouds and we give ideas on how families can do fun things with books that they have right there at their home. And sensory time, where we give ideas on how toddlers can explore different textures and materials. And then arts and creativity, where we have ideas for music, arts and crafts, and dramatic play activities. Then we post each a week's worth of activities related to the theme each Monday. So great activities, a lot of selection. I don't know if we've said or not, but you find these right on our website at www.decal.ga.gov. And there's one of the sliders across the top of the screen that says DECAL is providing at-home learning resources during the COVID-19 crisis. And right there at the top is the selection click here for toddler time at home. And it's my understanding uh, that all these activities are designed not just to keep a child busy, but to encourage interaction and development while having fun. 
Yeah, so we provide uh, descriptions of the activities, and we also give tips on how families can engage with their child to increase language, early literacy, and social skills. We understand that some families need to keep their toddlers occupied with quality activities while they're working or helping older children, but we also see this as an opportunity to show families how simple daily interactions can increase their child's skills. Tiffany, talk a little bit about your role here at DECAL as an infant and toddler specialist, especially for those who may not be familiar with uh, the work that you do. Are you working with child care providers, with parents, with both? Talk a little bit about that. So as an infant and toddler specialist, we work with child care providers across the state uh, that are recipients of the LITTLE grant. And LITTLE stands for Lifting Infants and Toddlers Through Language-Rich Environments. So we provide intensive coaching where we work with a peer coach and we go into the classroom to assist that peer coach to become an objective observer. We also provide professional development, training opportunities through the professional learning communities, institutes, and forums. So our support is around language and literacy for infants and toddlers, and we work primarily with staff within those programs. Um, We provide support to these staff so that they may share with families in regards to responsive and meaningful interactions. And Bridget, you were saying that there are a total of how many infant toddler specialists and are they uh, working all around the state? Um, We have four on our toddler time at home team. And yes, they're from all over the state. That's great. Uh, But Tiffany, uh, you'll have to tell us how many total they have. We have infant toddler specialists. Um, So we are growing and right now we have a total of 10 infant toddler specialists. That's great. So yeah, and they're available all the time. This is one example of the work they're doing. So Uh, take advantage of their expertise and their background. That's for providers and parents as well. Well, since launching uh, Toddler Time at Home, we've gotten great feedback from parents. Case in point is our friend, Dr. Dana Rickman from the Georgia Partnership for Excellence in Education. Most importantly, mom to three-year-old twins, Alexandra and Riley. And Dana, it's great to have you with us on the podcast first Tell us about your children and where they are in life right now. Well, they just turned three on May 12th. So they are in full-on toddler, the I can do it all by myself phase. They love to explore and ask questions. I feel like right now their little brains must be developing at an incredibly fast rate. Each new day seems to bring some developmental leap in what they can do or how they're thinking about the world around them. They're really into imaginative play, playing doctor, visit with their stuffed animals, setting up forts, going on bear hunts, that kind of thing. So Dana, what are you using to keep them engaged in learning before toddler time at home? Honestly, it was a wing and a prayer and it wasn't going well. I'm not at all a Pinterest crafty person. Uh, Helpful people sent me links to websites like creative art projects to keep your child engaged in learnings that are so easy even you can do it. And I couldn't do it. We've always had limited screen time in our house and a lot of the stuff I was finding were virtual resources that increased their screen time by a lot. I would stay up really late at night and try to plan out the schedule for the next day and get things set up and activities that I thought would take us the entire morning took like 20 minutes. So the kids weren't engaged. I was exhausted. And frankly, I was feeling like a big old mom failure because I was feeling like, you know, I just can't figure this out. And what have they enjoyed most about toddler time at home? Oh, everything. For one, it helps structure our day, which is really important for both me and the girls. Second, and I can't stress this one enough, these are straightforward, easy activities that even I can pull together with materials I pretty much have around the house. 
The themes of the week are great and seem to match their interests perfectly. Animals, plants, neighborhood helpers. It's really sparked a lot of fun conversations around my house. I think one of the first two weeks we we did it, it was about seeds. And the girls and I have planted flowers around the yard. And now we take afternoon walks together to check on the flowers, water them, etc. It has removed such a source of stress for me as a parent. And it has allowed me just to be with my kids and do stuff without worrying. Is this right? Is this appropriate? You know, how can I keep them learning? Dana, you have studied education programs through the research microscope for years, but what have you learned firsthand from being a parent? I've learned that the best laid plans will go awry quickly when working with children. From what I know about the amazing teachers at my kids' school and being home with them now, the best teachers are those that can sort of just go with it and still stay engaged with the kids in really meaningful ways. That social-emotional connection that has been the focus of DECAL's training for a while now, I think trumps almost everything else. If you can stay connected with a kid, no matter what's going on with that kid, that feels more important to me than having the latest technology or fancy art materials. My girls and I had the best time the other day making stethoscopes out of cardboard from the toilet paper roll. And we just laughed and played doctor and it was all from a toilet paper roll because we were sort of there together in the moment. It was great. And then tough question, but what has your parenting takeaway been uh, from this pandemic? What I've learned during this pandemic is, my kids in particular, but I'm guessing that this is true for all kids, that they are incredibly resilient, but also incredibly perceptive. You know, despite being trapped at home for goodness knows how long now, uh, my kids have maintained, they have been pretty happy throughout all of this. And really, they're good at just sort of going with it and adjusting to new things. And so that's been great. But I've also noticed how perceptive they are. You know, I think everybody's dealing with increased stress right now. And the kids are noticing that. When we get stressed, my daughter Riley will ask me periodically, Mommy, are you happy? And that's the key to me, that she can sense that I'm upset or frustrated with something. Also, they keep asking about when they can see their Grammy and Gumpy, and they're making plans for what they will do when Grammy and Gumpy's house opens up again. And so I can tell that they're really getting anxious about what they're also not being able to do. So their perception, even at, you know, barely three years old, they get that the world is different. And so I try to keep that in mind and be very vigilant about that. Also learning to just go with the flow. You know, any illusions of control I had before this, which frankly was pretty low to begin with, have gone completely out the window. So I've really worked hard on how to stay present and okay with where we are in any given moment. And I have found that that has actually paid off tremendously uh, with how the girls respond to everything that's going on around us. Thank you, Dana. We appreciate your feedback, and we are glad that uh, Alexandra and Riley are enjoying our toddler time at home activities. Also with us today is Randy Hudgens, our Director of Research in the Quality Innovations and Partnerships Division and dad to eight-month-old Everett. Randy, this is your first child who has spent a quarter of his life in quarantine. Definitely write that in his baby book. Um, How have you and your wife handled all this? Hey, Amy, thanks for asking. Uh, It has certainly been interesting, and it is really funny to think that Everett has spent that much time at home. Uh, my wife and I are both working full time, so it um, so we've had to learn how to coordinate and work um, work our schedules out and Everett's daily routine each day. Um, 
it has definitely been a challenge, but the silver lining for us is that we're getting to be a part of so many milestone moments on a daily basis with Everett, which is just so exciting to see. I mean, two months ago, Everett could not even sit up um, on his own. And just last week, we had to lower his crib. Um, he's sitting at the dinner table, um, starting to explore food with us. So it's been really exciting. Um, our jobs are really demanding in a lot of different ways. So good communication between Jamie and I has been key for us. Um, we also upgraded our coffee pot, so I'm not sure which one's helping more at this point. That's great. Um, so Randy, are you guys one of those families hoping that your childcare reopens soon? <laughs> well, like many families I know, Reg, uh, we're definitely hoping and excited for Everett's childcare to reopen. Um, Everett loves playing and learning with his mom and dad, but sometimes I'm pretty sure he thinks we're a little boring. Um, <laughs> he loves his teachers and I know he's really looking forward to seeing his friends again and getting back to the routine of singing songs with Miss Sandra and playing games with Miss Ambrosia or just snuggling with, uh, Miss Martina at the end of the day. Uh, we miss seeing those moments, uh, when we go visit the classroom. Um, we're also very fortunate that two of Everett's grandparents live close enough to help out when we need it. Um, and I happen to know for a fact that his grandma does not mind at all. Um, <laughs> but while we're looking forward to childcare reopening, we, we also know that that comes with a lot of its own challenges, uh, especially as we adjust to the new normal. So we certainly aren't ones to want to rush anything. Sure. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I know that, uh, y'all, y'all just figuring out with the rest of us. Um, but it sounds like you're having a lot of fun with Everett too. Um, does your job here at decal have any influence on what you find important as a dad to Everett? So I would think many families who work at decal or, um, in this field would feel the same way, but, um, it's actually something I've, I've thought a lot about. Um, I think a combination of my career here at decal uh, along with being raised by a mom who was a preschool educator herself, um, has had a tremendous impact on what I find important as a dad to Everett. Um, but I think more than anything, becoming a dad has had a much greater impact on my job than the other way around. Uh, for me, knowing the data and knowing the statistics is one thing, but witnessing the development of our little one really drives home the importance of early learning and what an important role childcare has played in our family life. Um, fatherhood continues to remind me that the work we do is really, really important, even if much of what we do is behind the scenes. You know, one thing is for sure, if you come to work with a question, Randy, you know where to go. There's no question. <laughs> there are plenty of people to answer and plenty of people with a strong opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. Great uh, water cooler coffee maker discussion. So that's great. Uh, and our thanks to Randy and Dana for sharing their personal experiences uh, with us today. Those are great, very practical uh, stories. And, and Bridget, any tips for parents like uh, Dana and for Randy to keep their infants and toddlers engaged in learning? Uh, yeah, Reg. Um, really, the big thing to remember is that it's an ongoing thing. Uh, you don't need fancy computer programs or flashcards to teach young children. Talking to them, looking for ways to engage them in the family's daily routines, reading to them, playing with them, that's how they learn best. So, uh, Bridget, where can listeners get more information from our infant toddler specialists and toddler time at home? So Bridget or Tiffany and or both. Okay. 
I can take that one. Um, so to learn a little more about our infant and toddler program, uh, Reg referred to the website earlier, so they can go to www.decal.ga.gov and you'll click on program, then instructional supports, and then infant and toddler program. And so for finding the toddler time activities, there's a little plus sign out beside that. So they'll click on the plus sign, uh, then next to the infant toddler program and go to toddler time at home. So, and if they're using a mobile device, be sure to view it as a PDF and they can see each week's current plan. Great. And we encourage everybody to check that out. So many resources. I'm sitting here looking at the website right now. We've got George's pre-K at home. Uh, we've got uh, school age at home. We've also got uh, chats about children, uh, which are uh, is a video series that Bridget happens to uh, be a part of. So lots of resources for you. You know, once all this happened back in March and early April, we really shifted our attention to online resources for providers and parents. And so uh, we're excited about the opportunities here. Uh, and I think we'll walk away from the COVID-19 experience with some new ideas, new creative uh, opportunities uh, for our entire team uh, to serve our uh, our families and uh, providers and everyone in the field. So that's great. Thank you guys for being with us this week. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, last week, Commissioner Jacobs announced the names of our six finalists for 2020-2021 Georgia Pre-K Teachers of the Year. You heard their names and schools, but we wanted you to get to know them all a little better this week. So here they are. Trisha Floyd and I teach at Maxwell Pre-K in Gwinnett County. I was asked to start the first pre-K program in the county 13 years ago and I have been singing and dancing the tutti tot ever since. Over that time, 260 Georgia Pre-K students and their families have come through my classroom doors. I am super excited to have helped start their educational careers in a positive way. Pre-K teachers work extremely hard and are devoted to their students. It is wonderful after 28 years of teaching to receive recognition and know that all the hard work is noticed and appreciated. Who would have known that we would have been facing a pandemic and a disruption to our school year? It has been a challenge, but the students and their families have responded well. Sharing my news that I am a Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year finalist with my family, coworkers, Students and their families has definitely been a bright spot to the end of this school year. It would be a great honor to represent all the outstanding pre-K teachers of Georgia because Georgia pre-K teachers rock. My name is Alderine Healy from the YMCA Paulding Early Learning Center and I'm proud to be a finalist for the Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year. I am proud of this nomination because it highlights the quality teachers at my center and shows my rural community that there are great teachers right in their backyards. I know there are many exceptional early childhood educators across Georgia who are passionate, committed, dedicated, and willing to go the extra mile to ensure the success of their students. So to be considered as a finalist is humbling and encouraging. I am proud to be a part of this profession that allows me to positively impact the lives of children and their families, and I'm looking forward to highlighting the benefits of the Georgia Pre-K program as I continue to prepare future leaders today. 
Hi y'all, this is Heather Melillo from West End Elementary School in Rome, Georgia. I've been teaching pre-K for about 10 years, five up in New York, and the last five here in Georgia. Pre-K is definitely where my heart is. Being named a finalist for Teacher of the Year is such an incredible honor. I am over the moon excited and truly humbled by all the kind words and support I am receiving from my family, my work family, my friends, and my community. Right from the Start is a fantastic program that I have the privilege to be a part of. I give my all to every student every day, and they do the same for me. Being a Teacher of the Year finalist has reminded me how important teachers truly are and the wonderful impact we have on so many people. I love what I do, and I will leave you with this quote that sums up all of the Teacher of the Year finalists. Teachers who love teaching teach children to love learning. Good afternoon. My name is Yeri Moore. I am lead pre-K teacher over at Andrew Walter Young YMCA in Atlanta. I am humbled and honored to be one of the finalists for pre-K lead teacher of the year. That is because this is a year that almost wasn't. I had to fight this summer to obtain my credentials to be able to keep my job. The pre-K prerequisites had changed and I was the one that was affected by it. I had to take three more courses this year and just barely by the hair of the skin of my chinny chin chin was able to make it to be able to keep my job. So to have this conversation and keeping my job, it is totally relevant to me and I am thankful for the opportunity being a Masters of Professional Counseling and I was also in my doctoral program of Industrial Organizational Psychology put aside to make sure that I keep my job as pre-K teacher at Andrew Walter Young YMCA. Thanks for the opportunity. Hello, my name is Genevieve Rodriguez and I am so excited to be selected as a finalist for pre-K teacher of the year. What this means to me is that I can share my passion for social emotional education and early childhood with other teachers and parents and we can build a better future for our state and our country. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Dina Snowden. I teach pre-k at Demarest Elementary in the city of Demarest in the Northeast Georgia mountains. I'm excited to be selected as a finalist for Georgia Pre-K Teacher of the Year. I'm overwhelmed with this selection as all of Georgia's pre-k teachers are so deserving of this recognition for all the hard work they have done with our pre-k students and families during this unprecedented time. To me, through this process, I hope to help uh, support students and families and teachers as we all adjust to so much newness every day. I hope to share my love for pre-k through this experience, every minute of it. Each finalist received a $500 cash prize from the Georgia Foundation for Early Care and Learning after their applications were reviewed and scored by a panel of impartial judges. Next, the six finalists will each receive a classroom observation by a pre-K specialist this fall, submit a small group video to be scored by outside judges, and face a panel for an in-office personal interview. Yeah, and this fall, DECAL will select a winner from a local public school system and a winner from a private child care center. And they will receive a $3,000 check for themselves, $2,000 for a classroom makeover and supplies, and $2,500 to cover the out-of-classroom cost while the teacher is away representing the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning and Georgia's pre-K program. So lots of exciting things coming up for our finalists. Congratulations again to all of them. 
Looking forward to meeting our two new Teachers of the Year this fall. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hello, my name is Alethea Cithro-Brown, and I work in the Legal Department Division of DECAL. My question for the Commissioner is, as we phase back into the offices of DECAL, what, if any, measures will be taken by DECAL to ensure that a safe return of its employees occur? Well, that's a great question, Alethea, and I know um, on the minds of many DECAL employees for sure. So, Uh, We are taking a very thoughtful approach to how we reopen our offices, uh, probably beginning um, in June. It will be a very slow process with a very limited uh, number at staff at first. Uh, We've already had all of our office space fogged, which means disinfected with uh, some type of fog spray that gets every surface area uh, disinfected. Uh, we have hand sanitizer on on site, um, both individual and at the little stations that we usually have around the office. Uh, we have many, many, many masks for our staff and gloves if they so choose to wear those. Uh, but you know, I think most importantly is we're going to really do this carefully um, and thoughtfully and make sure that we do it in the right way so that we protect our staff. And then, of course, um, any visitors that may start coming to our office. But I'll have to say that, you know, we went, um, we closed our offices uh, back in April and productivity has been excellent. I've not heard any issues with productivity, any issues with customer service. So our decal team is continue, continuing to perform just as they're in the office. So of course that will weigh into our decision is how quickly we have to bring folks back to the office, but things are working well and we'll take a very careful approach to that, but more information on specifics to come. And I'm sure most people may know this, but you're working in conjunction with the governor's office and the guidance that we received from the governor's office, uh, along with Department of Public Health and CDC. Right, exactly. So uh, the governor's office gave us some time to plan as state agencies. They gave us a couple weeks. And then also the Department of Administrative Services, which is another state agency, has provided some more details on how state agencies could think to reopen and just the safeguards that we need to have in place. Um, So we've gotten some guidance and we're working through that so that we have the best plan uh, at the beginning of June. Good to know. Not flying solo on this, getting all the help we can in knowing exactly what to do and when to do it. Got a little time? Let's take one more question from the water cooler. Hello, I'm Jennifer Sellius, and I work in ASU Applicant Services Unit with CCS Division. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, with COVID-19, how do you anticipate the methodology change, if any, in CCS's daily work? Uh, so that's a, also a great question. I know that um, CCS has already begun to kind of change the way they do their work at this point, especially since most of our consultants, uh, no matter what the unit is, um, are actually in child care programs on a daily basis. And so we've got to be careful um, with that uh, for now. So they've really they've already uh, developed a plan for virtual monitoring. Uh, They've already started the first phase of the virtual monitoring and are starting to roll out uh, phase two of the virtual monitoring so that we can um, keep exposure from our consultants going in and out of programs on a daily basis until we believe it's safe to return to normal 
um, visits. So they've really gotten creative. I know some other states are, are thinking along the same lines as far as how they continue to monitor health and safety, because obviously we've got to keep that uh, as a priority for decal. That's important for us. But um, they've already begun to adapt and done it very quickly with virtual monitoring. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, learning more about how that is working. But from uh, the first few weeks, I hear that it's working really well. And also last Friday was the deadline for licensed Georgia child care programs to apply for stable grants, the first phase of administering $144 million Georgia received under the Federal Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, or CARES Act. How did all of that go? So uh, we had some really good numbers. You know, all licensed child care programs were... Um, were allowed and eligible to apply for the stable grant. And uh, when everything closed last Friday, over 82% of licensed providers applied for a stable grant, which totaled about $38 million. Uh, We did a lot of communication throughout the process and really a big push that last week to make sure that providers did not forget this money was available to them. And so not only did we Uh, push it out on social media as reminders of the deadline. And we sent email communications, but our childcare consultants actually called each program that had not yet applied to make sure they made contact with them to make sure they did not forget about that deadline. And if they chose to apply, they had that opportunity to do that. So uh, we will be sending out $38 million to about 83% of childcare throughout the state through those those stable payments. And many have already received the payment or they're in the process of receiving. I I guess the obvious question here, why only 82%? You know, that's a hard question to answer. Um, Some folks said they just didn't need the money, that they had already received some help from other resources. Um, And so they they didn't want to apply because they didn't need it and thought someone might need it more. Uh, We will continue to assess you know, why we're going to do a survey um, to see if we can get some more information of um, not only why did they not apply, but how those that did apply and receive it, how did it impact their business? You know, we've heard anecdotally some very positive uh, stories um, that it came just in the nick of time to help pay their mortgage or their teachers or even tuition relief for some families uh, that could not continue to pay for their spot. And so anecdotally, we've heard very positive results and we'll get more information through um, a formal survey that we'll do in the near future. And I think you've also heard Georgia is unique in opening it up to all licensed childcare. Yeah, what we're hearing from other states is that they are only um, allowing these payments to go to providers that uh, accept their subsidy payments. So for in Georgia, that would be CAPS. Um, And we decided that this should be available to all licensed providers, not just those that provide CAPS. And it's time for the Decal Download Quiz, your chance to win a nice prize by answering a question correctly and having your name drawn from all the correct answers. Here's the question. What is the name of the Decal online resource for children 12 to 36 months old? What is the name of the Decal online resource for children 12 to 36 months old? Answer that question correctly by emailing us at decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll put all the correct answers together, pull one name, and you will win a prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.